working in multiple aspects of sports and currently uh, looking into the whole sports development aspects of a company called Fenisco based in Canada please welcome a great friend uh, mr venu gopal thank you for watching thank you for liking and thank you for sharing but please do subscribe on our channel sports cc and follow our handle sports cc across all social media platform please help us spread the word about sports cc let's talk sports do subscribe on sports cc hi venu hey said how are you doing good man good uh, great to have you on sports cc let's talk sports that's what we love doing <laughs> exactly that is what we love talk doing let's talk about sports yes and yep. uh, uh, so uh, guys for the viewers uh, i have venu with me uh, mr venu gopal uh, with me he is uh, engineer Uh, by career when he started his career as an engineer and then i think the sports uh, cricket or other sports pulled him into uh, the passion and then work with uh, multiple companies on sports side mainly analytics and technology side uh, been with uh, sports code uh, bharat fc then uh, catapult south asia head for catapult and now currently he is with fanisco uh, in in canada so when uh, yep. i gave this introduction but I yeah. want you to tell us the journey from uh, engineering to the or, or the IT background, from sensor to Fenisco, because that is what the aspirants of the industry wants to know. They when they can come into industry and what they can learn from this. Okay, so just a small correction. You made my parents pretty happy by calling me an engineer. So actually, I'm not. <laughs> I, I was more into. <laughs> I I done a bachelor's in IT. uh but then uh, you know yeah so they, they always wanted me to be an engineer unfortunately i could not live that dream <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah yeah so uh yeah I, i started off in the it industry after doing my post graduate diploma in management uh but then i've never been into roles which are technology focused per se from a programming standpoint mm-hmm. i've always been into uh, sales and marketing and you know account management those kind of right. roles uh and i started off in the it industry in pune uh so zensar being the first company and uh, you know then moved to lnt infotech as well so pretty much into pre sales marketing mold uh, but selling technology so you know so that i had a bit of a flair of uh, you know talking about it systems how it helps in day to day lives and that kind of got me into that path but then you know five years down the line uh, in my career you know i was feeling a bit uh, you know empty inside you know i just wanted to you know explore something new and do something different and in that point in time i was also playing club cricket corporate cricket right. as well on weekends so you know that was always there sport was always a part of my life and uh, you know obviously being in india everybody used to love watching cricket you know uh, whatever it was even yes. if it's not india playing we used to always love watching it yeah so so that's something which kind of got me glued to the sport and you know uh, so 
I started doing a bit of research on weekends with regards to, uh, you know, what are the possible opportunities in sports uh, mm-hmm. to make a career, you know, uh, if, if you're not playing active sport or if right. you're not, uh, you know, in that mold of being a professional sportsman. So, and it was kind of in that uh, period, which, you know, which saw a huge transformation in India as a sports industry. Mm. So, you know, that's when IPL was launched in 2008, 2009. And, you know, that kind of created a bandwagon of so many leagues coming into the picture. And, you know, that was the turning point, according to my, uh, you know, experience uh, of being in India, as well as, you know, working in that industry. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. you know, that was what changed the entire dynamics and ecosystem of how sports is perceived. You know, before that, it was more of recreation. It was more of, you know, and, and at the, you know something to do for in the evenings go out and play with your uh, group of friends yeah. and stuff but then people started taking it very seriously and you know it could become a proper career option because there were so many associated roles which came mm-hmm. with those leagues which came with those you know new initiatives in sport so i think that was uh, what was the game changer for me in india and you know and and that point in time i started doing a bit of research in terms of what could be potential roles for a person like mm-hmm. me who has no sporting background per se, to, you know, venture out into the industry. And that's when I figured out that, you know, so my first uh, love was for uh, cricket. And, you know, and I was also interested in a lot of analytics and doing a bit of, you know, uh, uh, what do you say, soul searching in terms of what went wrong mm-hmm. in the game, what could have been done better and stuff. So then that's when, we, that's when I discovered performance analysis, uh, you know, as a possible career option or uh, okay. a possible field to kind of venture out mm-hmm. into. And when I say performance analysis is video analysis, analyzing stats, and you know, it's the entire package wow. together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started doing a bit of research around, you know, what's uh, there in the market in this domain, because, you know, it was always talked about by commentators when they spoke about video analysts and they spoke about, you know, team doing their research and, you know, their homework mm-hmm. on particular batsmen or bowlers. So, so that's when I figured out a few organizations that do uh, that kind of work. Uh, sure. With regards to software, with regards to you know providing that kind of inputs to teams, and uh, so yeah, so I, I started doing a bit of uh, freelance work. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so you you could imagine. So you know, yeah. working it's more free. like an intern. It's free, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so more more like an intern per se, or more like somebody who can do uh, you know the donkey work for a few organizations. So so, but that was a surreal experience to be honest, because you know. I mean, like I said, you know, even today when we speak in uh, management institutes, when we speak to students, you know, we always give that same, uh, uh, right. you know, thought process down to them as well, right? So when you're venturing out into a new space or a new domain or new industry, you know, first you have to learn before you start to earn, right? Or begin to earn. So, you know, that's that's something which we need to imbibe as a culture within all the youth today because, you know, mm-hmm. sports for per se sounds like a very flashy and very... Uh, what do you say, uh, you know, uh, it has a lot of uh, glamour associated with it. But there's a lot of hard work which goes behind and there's a lot of, uh, you know, learning that needs to come in because, you know, you can't just go into a new role or a new industry and start performing from day one. You need to know the thing, you you need to know the business. And that's when I started doing a bit of analytics and, you know, uh, I didn't have a software or anything to work with initially. So I just picked up an Excel sheet. Uh, You know, there was an India-Sri Lanka game going on, a test match. Uh, so I, one fine day, I just decided, you know, I'll just create a few parameters for analysis. Uh, so I made an Excel sheet and, uh, you know, did a bit of donkey work of doing ball-by-ball entry of data. 
So at the end of the day, what I had was very rich data. So, you know, to work with, oh, wow. so that was something which was quite nice to start off with. And then I converted all that Excel data into a PowerPoint presentation using my management and so-called skills. Yes. So, so yeah, so, so that, that became a game changer for me because, you know, before that, uh, you know, I used to write to a lot of these companies in this space. So, you know, it was, I was like any other kid yeah. in the block, right. Uh, so who's coming and saying that I'm interested, I have a passion for sport. I, I want to do this, but, but nobody will take you seriously unless they see something in action. Right. Yeah. And that's when, when I started sharing that data, that analysis, that presentation, people started taking me seriously. And they thought that, yes, you know, there is something which we could work around uh, because of what you produced, you know, and that data was quite good. So then I started getting confidence and, you know, ventured into the industry, worked with a startup company uh, based out of Chennai. And uh, initially I was doing a bit of part-time work with them uh, on weekends uh, since I was still in a full-time job. Mm -hmm. But then uh, there came an opportunity wherein, you know, I, uh, you know, I was supposed to go to Chandigarh and present to uh, Kings 11 Punjab on behalf of them. Uh, mm. So, you know, so they sent me as a representative of the company and then uh, I met Michael Bevan, who was the coach back then. So that was a huge, uh, you know, game changing experience for me as well. Yes. So, you know, sitting across the table and, you know, shaking hands with him and explaining <laughs> and giving a presentation to him. So, so that was really good. Uh, got to learn a lot of things from that experience. Uh, so then we got the contract, signed a deal with them. Uh, so that's when the whole uh, dynamics changed for me. My journey started there as a, as you know, in, in the sports analytics space. So, so that was kind of quite interesting. Um, after that, I worked with them for a, for a year or uh, more. And, uh, you know, then I, I saw that, you know, the, I acquired a lot of experience in the industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then I saw an Australian uh, sports tech giant called Sports Tech, which was back, back then. Uh, now it's right. called as Huddle. So they were setting up a base in India. Uh, in Mumbai to their uh, uh, new office. And so they had been working with distributors and resellers earlier, but they wanted a full-time presence. And that's when I saw my opportunity that, you know, this could be something big because, you know, they are looking for people with sales and marketing experience, plus a bit of flair for sports and technology. Yeah. And that kind of, you know, was a big, big win for me personally uh, in my career because, you know, uh, there were there were so many applicants for that kind of a job, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, I kind of felt very proud of myself at that point in time that I could beat that competition and get into the, you know, uh, thing. So, so that was something which was a really, really ex good experience for me. And, you know, it, it also taught me that, you know, the time and effort that I invested earlier in doing mm -hmm. my research and doing that, you know, all that work for those that companies, that really helped me going forward. Exactly, that paid off. So, you know, you, you got to invest at least, you know, as a new entrant in the industry, at least one or two years to learn the things and gain that experience. And that's when you can be confident of yourself and your abilities. That's what I learned right. uh, from that perspective. And uh, so that was a really good experience. Uh, you know, got to travel to Australia for training, then uh, got to understand the sporting landscape, how it works there uh, versus how it works in India. And uh, so that was a big cultural uh, sensitivity learning for me as well in terms of how customers and how the market reacts in India to other parts of the world when it comes to sports technology. Mm -hmm. So there were so many good learnings out of their entire experience. And, you know, then it, it was like, you know, I completely did a PhD on the Indian sports market in terms of what is the mindset, how people perceive technology and how do we, you know, so it was, it was a mindset wherein we cannot go there and sell directly, mm -hmm. right? We cannot say this yeah. is a product, this is a price, take it or leave it. That, that's something which doesn't work in India. 
so so that was something which was really interesting so we figured out that in india if you have to grow you need to handle the customer you need right. to go and talk to them you need to educate them more than anything else because that was a big learning for me uh, wherein you know we started doing a lot of events we started doing a lot of seminars and that's when the education started because you know it was a very new market in india not many people right. knew about this even if they knew about this they did not know what comes with it right it was like right. they've just heard somewhere that video analysis this this works like this and all those kind of things so and plus this system used to work on a mac so that was another challenge because india is predominantly a windows <laughs> yeah, centric windows, uh, you know yeah. market so so yeah so so that was an additional challenge uh, not just selling the system but also selling you know the concept of buying a mac so <laughs> so that that <laughs> you know uh, you know it kind of used to frustrate me at times uh, in terms of uh, you know why do i need to sell a, sell somebody's uh, somebody else's hardware but then i realized you know why a mac is so good you know and i mean nothing against windows it's still it's still uh, you know a good machine to use but then then i realized when it comes to videos you know and yeah. handling uh, uh, big data and stuff you know mac kind of really is a re- easy interface yeah. to use and after that you know i've been always on apple products iphone and mac and stuff so i've never changed back to windows yeah. so that was a big learning well there as well so yeah so that then we kind of uh, you know in that market we grew uh, with a lot of uh, different sports than cricket and that was mm-hmm. again a big learning because i was all into cricket at that point in time but i never knew football that with that uh, you know that much so that i learned as a sport mm-hmm. uh and you know uh, i started interacting with clubs with coaches and figured out where could be a fit for that solution and uh, so that was uh, something which was very interesting to you know be a part of that journey right. so we started off with one club and then we ended up with you know seven or eight people signing up uh, and you know wow. buying the software so that was really really good and that also proved that you know there is a certain herd mentality even in sports right not just yeah. anywhere else like a normal business market where you know if one person buys it the others follow it so yeah. it's there in sports as well you know that competitive edge that comes from that you know what this team is using that why not me as well right so so that's that's how it was so yeah so that that took a bit of time to propagate but you know when it came through it was really encouraging right so then you know it was so good for me to be a part of that growing market you know and mm-hmm. i actually saw the transformation happening from you know ground zero where nobody used any technology from the fact that it's you know people started using it so in cricket it was always being used ipl teams yes. used it india team india used it you know right from the days of john wright and saurav ganguly but then uh, in football and other sport it was still pretty new right it wasn't a very professional setup per se when it came right. to using technology so that was a big change uh, that really uh, you know transpired uh, or transformed sports from something else you know to something else so that was right. a big learning for me uh, i got a good opportunity to work with a pune based football club and i actually uh, you know thought it was a great challenge for me because i i wasn't mm-hmm. a big football fanatic per se but i wanted to learn the sport yeah. because i had so i had worked with as an account manager with so many clubs so i wanted to actually explore that side of analytics of working with a coach directly and mm. believe me you know working with a product company versus working with a club are completely different <laughs> two different aspects of the ecosystem and uh, it's it's completely uh, you know you are you don't feel you're in a job when you're working with a team you know it's yeah. like you're living the dream you get to go to stadiums experience that atmosphere get to work with coaches get to be in the yeah. dressing room get to you know handhold and rub shoulders with players and star performers and stuff so you know and the media attention which comes with it completely different experience different so you know i wanted to kind of experience way. that aspect as well 
so you know uh, you know being with bharat fc going to the games uh, you know standing on the rooftop of balewadi stadium and <laughs> shooting a game from there so, so all that was you know finding a vantage point on uh, you know other stadiums as well in shillong in in kolkata uh, you know <laughs> another life changing experience happening in kolkata with you know when i had a run down with their hardcore fans <laughs> that was oh, wow. another experience for me <laughs> so oh my god that was something else man you know uh, wherein you know we had uh, we had a home game uh, sorry we had an away game with east bengal mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was one all going into the last 5 minutes of the game and uh, that's when uh, you know we had a situation of a red card probably mm-hmm. being offered to a east bengal player and uh, someone from the crowd uh, got irritated <laughs> as you uh, know our, our yeah. bengali crowds are really passionate <laughs> especially in salt lake stadium in kolkata and yeah. uh, someone came and snatched my camera away <laughs> and oh, wow. pretended that he was going to break it <laughs> and i had to snatch it back from him and uh, oh my god that was some kind of experience thankfully somebody you know a mob from the crowd came and controlled that and i could run away with my laptop in one hand my camera in another hand and my bag <laughs> hanging on my shoulder i had to run out of the stadium wow so that was another experience you know for me uh, i was like i thought that you know this could be the last day of my life if i was if i was there in the mob they would have literally thrashed me but yeah that 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 changed a lot uh, that also gave me a perspective about you know how to be careful when i go to kolkata the next time <laughs> i made sure i don't wear my team jersey when i'm standing and filming the game <laughs> and i don't wear any identity cards uh, so that was also wow. a good, good experience yeah so yeah, yeah so that was all a part of this experience then you know the uh, unfortunately the club had to be shut down after the first year of operations uh you know and i worked with the academy setup also for a while so that was one more thing which mm-hmm. you know created a lot of uh, new learnings for me right. working with kids because i never done that before so that was another great, great experience then catapult happened so so yeah i learned one technology which was related to video analysis but then this was um, you know another really interesting aspect in the world of technology and sports so mm-hmm. uh wearable technology was a big big thing back then right uh, you know uh, so obviously it was being used for a while but in india it was a very very new concept only a few uh, guys knew about it not many clubs were using it a couple of isl clubs were using it when i joined catapult but then uh, you know it was people knew about it but they didn't again similar to what happened a few years back they didn't know what exactly comes with it so right. once again it was a huge experience of uh, educating the audience in terms of what the technology is all about and how does it help somebody mm-hmm. so it was actually a gps device which the players i mean, I mean you would have seen it uh, yeah. you know uh, with all these international players now in cricket as well you know wearing that device on their shoulder between their shoulder blades and you know there's a bit of a bulge which comes out so so that device is used for tracking an athlete's movements uh, you know in acceleration deceleration jumping up and down forward backward everywhere and plus uh, their heat map in terms of where are, where are they spending more time on the pitch so that was the kind of technology which kind of redefined the way football was being played you know uh, and it helps in a lot of manners not just from um, strategy standpoint but also from a standpoint of standpoint of injury management rehabilitation how do we get somebody back to peak fitness so once we get that rich data you know it creates a lot of difference in terms of understanding what your player is capable of mm-hmm. and versus how we can perform and what's his level right so so that that really created a lot of uh, learning opportunities for me as well to understand technology in detail 
and trust me it wasn't easy when i joined first to understand the technology for myself you know because it was very complex mm-hmm. complex in the sense that you know there were so many parameters but then when i started getting a hang of it then i realized the actual uh, potential that the technology mm-hmm. has in terms of transforming sport and not just from a player standpoint but also from a viewer standpoint uh, you know in terms of if we provide that data on screen as a fan uh, for a fan you know as a broadcaster how much enriching the experience would be you know imagine uh, uh, knowing a sunil chhetri's uh, top speed in a particular right. game or how much distance he has run or a virat kohli's heart rate when he's batting you know so that kind of data enriches fan experience so right. that also was another uh, area that you know i kind of uh, associated myself with and we also did a pilot with uh, the pro kabaddi league with star sports mm-hmm. wherein you know we were uh, tracking the heart rate of uh, defenders as well as uh, you know the guys who were going into raids so that was a big learning experience you know sitting in, uh, on the side of commenta- yeah. uh, commentators in the kabaddi league and you know giving them data about uh, the heart rate of players and stuff so that was an- another life changing experience for me because you know i have never been uh, in a live sporting event that close you know from right. a commentary standpoint or from a production standpoint so yeah so that that's what it was and now yeah being in canada uh, it's a completely different market altogether here uh, you know so here it's another learning that you know there are two types of sport which is indoor and outdoor and summer sport and yeah. winter sport so that's another big learning in terms of how sport is perceived here i'm still playing club cricket out here in canada as well so that's that's something which has not changed nice uh, apart from that yeah working with uh, consulting with a company called fanisco which is based out of the us so uh-huh. that is into fan engagement uh, or fan engagement solutions so you know i mean happy to answer any questions with regards to that if you have yes so i think it's uh, uh, in in the whole uh, journey that you mentioned i think the every aspect of uh, The, the every approach that you had i think it it has a good learning for the people who understand how they have to make career in the sports what all thing aspect they should be looking at and all the same so i correct since we are on the fan engagement side of it uh, i mm-hmm. i wanted to uh, understand what kind of sports tech companies are which are there right now uh, in what you get to mm. see are typically working on the the fan engagement model some of the some, some big names mm. or type of the work so uh, so if you ask me you know fan engagement in itself is a big domain you know so Correct. there are multiple ways to engage fans so, so there are uh, technology companies which do it virtually through mobile apps and stuff for example fanisco does that uh, you know and now even through virtual reality or augmented reality which is another big thing in the in this market which we'll talk about yes. later and there are companies which do a lot of stuff from an event standpoint so doing engagement activities on ground you know during the game itself right. so for example you know there could be multiple events that they're hosting for fans uh, you know where families come together kids could be given a separate section where they could come and do something different so those are the ways uh, where fan engagement is happening so fanisco is one of them you know there are many other things like you know sports tourism is also a big thing now with regards to fan engagement wherein uh you know a few companies like fanatic sports and stuff they're coming up with concepts wherein you know they'll make an enriching experience for a fan if they engage right. with them and you know if they tour with them and stuff so bharat army mm-hmm. is one of them which is again doing a lot of stuff uh, right. with regards to you know getting fans together so again it's a huge market like i said you know some is technology oriented some is event oriented so mm-hmm. from a technology standpoint so with fanisco what we're doing is we have uh, uh you know multiple solutions uh, which we are doing uh, from a mobile 
standpoint. So, you know, now everybody, the millennial fan is, you know, quite different than what it was, say, about right. 10 to 20 years back. With the advent of mobile phones and, you know, with, with the internet and 4G and 5G coming into the picture. So, you know, a lot of data and information is being uh, consumed or a lot of content is being consumed on the phone or, right. you know, and, or, or what do you call a second screen, you know. The first screen is basically what you see on television and the second yes. screen is basically what you see, uh, yeah. you know, on your hand. So, so that's something which is engaging fans a lot more than before. And, you know, a fan in today's generation need not be the one who goes to all the games in the stadium, right. you know. So that's, that concept is completely outdated now. Yes, the hardcore uh, followers or, you know, team uh, fans would always go. But the point is that there are so many other categories emerging now so that, you know, now the challenge is to identify who is your true fan, you know, as mm -hmm. the team. And there are so many options also now that a lot of people change loyalties in between, yeah. right? So that also happens. So again, so how do we engage, retain, and then, you know, kind of look at monetizing that opportunity? Mm -hmm. That's how we are looking at fan engagement in detail. Okay. So I'll give you an example, right? So, so Fanisco helps uh, teams also in building apps. Mm -hmm. specifically for that team, right? So club apps or, you know, a tournament app or something like that. Okay. So we have stuff like uh, what you have in your, uh, you know, uh, uh, fantasy leagues and stuff happening in terms of, uh, you know, having a leaderboard and people yeah. participating in contests. It's a great tool to also sell your merchandise. It's a great tool to have contests where you could reward your fans, right? And that's what mm -hmm. keeps them engaged. The challenge in today's times is it's not about engaging fans only when the game is on. It's also right. about engaging fans when the game is not on during pre-season, yes. during, you know, uh, uh, the non-season time. You know, what do we do with fans, right? So they are bored. They want content, right? How yeah. do we give them exclusivity? How do we give them something which no, no other team is giving, right? So, for example, we, we came up with, uh, uh, you know, uh, an augmented reality concept uh, with Fanisco, wherein, you know, if you are a fa team's fan, if you point out, uh, you know, your phone's camera towards the team logo, wherever you've spotted on billboards in the stadium. Mm -hmm. So it might play an exclusive video for you. It could be locker room banter between two players. It could be, you know, a special goal, which was, you know, oh, taken nice. from a different angle, a 360 degree video. You know, you could even, uh, in the augmented reality space, you could even create a portal wherein, you know, you might get a feeling where you're looking at a phone that you're walking inside a stadium. Yeah. And the game is going on and you get to see a 360 degree video of a goal being scored. You might be standing next to your Cristiano Ronaldo or something like that. So those yeah. are the kind of innovative technologies coming into play. So, so that's some kind of, you know, changing the complete landscape of uh, fan engagement, right? Uh, so, and this is something which obviously you cannot uh, experience uh, going to the stadium alone, right. right? So these are things which are being propagated on, uh, you know, social media, you know, on the mobile phones and stuff. Uh, on halftime, you know, you could even come up with predictive analytics, right? You, in terms of who is going to win the game, you know, come up with uh, surveys, you know, polls and questionnaires and whoever gets it right gets a prize or something like that. So these are the kind of analytics which are driving fan base for teams today. Yeah. So, uh, uh, okay. So you explained the, the different aspects of uh, the fan, the way it is happening. Uh, mm -hmm. But do, what are the typical segments inside the fan engagement mm -hmm. zone? Like at the the way you spoke about event side or the AR VR side mm. are are getting yep. more and more utilized because finally at the end of it we have to have a technology which is going to get the ROI for the investors into sports. Yes. And also yes, fan cannot exactly. it's like and also the fan cannot be taken for granted and you have to get more from them. So 
What exactly. do you think are those aspects which are actually playing a bigger role now? So if you ask me, uh, you know, and, and this is actually another uh, for Finesco as well, I'm going to do uh, one more event, uh, which, uh, which is on digital innovation and digital sponsorships, which is okay. another huge driving factor in terms of how a fan is being perceived uh, by a team. Because mm-hmm. sponsorship traditionally has always been through advertisement, through, you know, onboard uh, advertising, you know, on-field activations and stuff. But now, and especially now with due to COVID, which has been a forced change, you know, a lot of the teams are not talking about digital activation, digital sponsorship, mm-hmm. right? Because there is absolutely no live sport happening. And even if it happens, there is no guarantee that the stadium could be full. Yeah. So, you know, so that has kind of driven forced change from traditional uh, sponsorships or traditional activations to digital, uh, you know, activations right. or sponsorship. So imagine if you are looking at uh, your phone, uh, you know, a Nike could be a key sponsor for a particular team. And, you know, the logo could be projected there on the, sc- on the screen when you're actually looking at the app. So, you mm-hmm. know, so imagine how many eyeballs will be looking at that screen at that at one point right. in time, right? So it's not about uh, just the fans going to the stadium, but also about how many people are looking at a particular event happening on their phones, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at a particular given point in time. So imagine how much of digital revenues that will drive for sponsors in terms right. of ROI. And uh, you could even have contests. So, I mean, there was this uh, interesting uh, uh, example from, you know, uh, the NHL uh, in the US uh, that somebody spoke mm-hmm. about that, you know, one of the car manufacturing companies, a very popular one, was actually giving out a car as a grand prize yeah. for the fan who was, was on top of the leaderboard. So imagine, you know, that those are the kind of initiatives which drive a lot of traffic towards these, uh, you know, fan engagement activities. So then from an ROI standpoint, imagine how much the team would earn, imagine how much, uh, you know, the sponsors would also get as eyeballs and, you know, as yeah. uh, people viewing their product online. So that's kind of completely changing the dynamics, uh, right from, you know, the traditional models towards the virtual model as well. Right. So uh, we have seen uh, across multiple sports and uh, we'll talk about cricket specifically later with you because of uh, your background. Uh, I want to understand mm-hmm. uh, one thing, what is the impact of uh, technology uh, that is that is created mm-hmm. on sports? Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, and this is where I think, you know, a lot of education is needed as well for people. A lot of people, uh, especially, uh, you know, I don't want to brand them as old school, but people, uh, you know, have this perception that, uh, you know, technology is going to replace them, you know, but that's not the case. Uh, and especially with the AI and all these talks nowadays, they're coming into picture. Yeah. You know, I always keep telling coaches and even when I was doing uh, my job with Strike or with Catapult that, you know, it's just an enabler or something to facilitate better coaching or better results for the team. You know, it's not there to replace somebody, you know, and as long as we view technology as an enabler, that's mm-hmm. how you can make maximum utilization out of it. You know, it won't do the job for you. The, the job has to be done by you as a coach, by the players who are playing on the field. But it, it's only helping you make better decisions by mm-hmm. data-driven, uh, you know, models or through information that can actually help you understand. You know, yeah. for example, uh, whenever I was talking about video analysis, right? Uh, to teams or to clubs or even to students uh, uh, when we do our lectures you know it's always about you know the data being there but it's not about you know just reading the data as is you know it's about how do we extract information from that data you know just producing data is not the key or you know just looking at numbers is not the key how do you make sense out of it exactly right so uh, in in terms of you know if i know that uh, 
as a bowler, you know, my primary mode of dismissal is either LBW or bold. What does that tell you? It tells you that, you know, I as a bowler like to bowl wicket to wicket and very straight. I don't give room to the batsman to play. So, you know, so those are the kind of insights that people can derive from the data. And that's what the key is for, you know, an analyst uh, working with the team or for the technology being used. So that is impacting sport in a big way. But again, you know, as long as there are people who could make sense out of it and not use it as a gospel only, that, you know, mm-hmm. this is telling me this, so that I'm doing this, you know, no, that's not how it is. You know, ultimately, you as a coach or you as an analyst and your brain is what perceives yeah. that information, how you produce it to, uh, you know, impact the performance of a player. That's what matters in the end. It's not there to replace you because ultimately the players are playing the sport and you are Correct. coaching and teaching. It's, the technology is not teaching anybody. The technology is only an enabler and that's how it's going to tell you that, you know, what's, what, what are you supposed to do in these kind of scenarios. Right. And that's why data comes into a picture. Right. So, uh, for people who are aspiring to make career out of sport, in sports technology in the industry. What are typical career options which are there for them? So, that's a good question. That's, there are multiple things that people can do with technology in sports. So, the first thing is obviously, uh, you know, you could become performance analysts working with clubs uh, or teams, right? And that's something which is a big career option for people who are really interested in data and analytics and who are really interested in a particular sport. And that's what I keep telling people that, you know, it's not about, uh, uh, you know, just understanding systems or computers, you know, it's, it's more than that. You need to also have a big, big passion for sport, you know, and I mean, even, uh, you know, I was, I was hearing Harsha Bogle speak on uh, some other, uh, you know, uh, conversation with somebody else when somebody asked them about how do we venture into uh, journalism or sports presenting. That's where he mentioned that, you know, you need to know the sport in and out. You need to love the sport, not just top class sport, which is being played at international level, but also yeah. sport, which is being played at domestic level, under 19 level and stuff. So I think that was his key message. And that's my key message here as well, right? You need to really fall in love with a particular sport. When it yes. comes to football, you need to know not just the Bundesliga and the Premier League game, but also about yeah. what's happening in India. Uh, you know, as uh, as Indian football, which has really grown in the last few years with ISL and I-League and everything, right? So, with cricket, you know, it's not just about the glamour aspect of IPL. You should also be able to follow test cricket. You should be also yeah. able to follow what's happening in other leagues around the world. And, you know, then that's when you actually know what is the trend, what are the trends emerging out of your particular sport. Plus, you need to understand technology. When I say technology, you need not be a programmer per se, uh, because I was never one. So, but I understood how to use computer system, you know, softwares and learn how do we use those particular softwares plus peripheral devices like your TV tuner cards, your cameras and stuff. So, so those are the certain aspects which you need to understand. And I think now, if you ask me, there are so many avenues which have opened up with a lot of these technology companies, uh, you know, getting interns and training them to use these softwares. In our times, it was all about, you know, go and hunt for your own uh, thing, right? It was never a case of, you know, courses being conducted in these areas but now it has become a very professional setup so at least now you can understand companies like huddle or you know even other companies who are offering internships trainings and getting people to come and work with them for clients who need analytics work right so so it's becoming a knowledge process oriented uh, industry like we used to call the kpo right so that's that's how it's becoming so yeah, so, so there's a lot of avenues when it comes to technology. And plus, you if you if you are really good at development work and programming work, you could even create your own product or software. 
because now i've seen that you know over the last few years there's so many guys who have come up with startups with very very innovative technology products in this in this space excellent so it's, uh, i think very the whole thing about uh, the fan engagement and technology i think it was just pouring out of uh, and we could see the, see the passion in you about uh, when you wanted to mix the whole technology and sports together uh, so really great uh, talking to you here on the whole sports technology perspective thank you sid always a pleasure and yeah i'm always happy to share knowledge and yeah love to talk sports <laughs> <laughs> but for mm. now i think yep. really great talking to you avenu uh, amazing and uh, stay safe take care and uh, hope to see you soon absolutely thank you said my pleasure and yeah lovely talking to you once again yes thank you buddy take care thank you thank you for watching thank you for liking and thank you for sharing but please do subscribe on our channel sports cc's and follow our handle sports cc's across all social media platform please help us spread the word about sportsy let's talk sports do subscribe on sportsy sales